cold one out there. Sure is, Herb. <laughs> I got Tim Richards in here with me. We're going to talk equipment today. It's On Track Podcast Season 3, Episode 2. Wow. We're quickly coming on our 100th episode, Tim. That's awesome. I don't know what we're going to do. It'll probably put me in the Podcast Hall of Fame or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Shame, maybe. I no. Maybe be more. Uh, but anyways, uh, I just want to start out. We sent out a, a survey last week. I got about 110 responses on it, and it was a, a quick survey. I mean, it take two, three minutes at the most about the podcast, what parts you like, if you listen, how often you listen. And really, this podcast is, is not about me. It's not about the company. It's, it's really all about you guys out there in the field, uh, trying to keep you informed on what's going on. And so if you would, if you have not taken that survey, if you would just take two, three minutes, go back, scroll back on your phone up to that, to that survey link and, and hit that. And, uh, just, it, it'll help guide us on what we do. For instance, uh, one of the things, uh, somebody asked about was a, was a historical piece. So a little bit later, instead of the safety topic this week, uh, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to probably go with safety every other week now and put in a historical piece. And, uh, I've got Herb's 1957 journal, uh, for these dates, and uh, so I'm going to relay a little bit of that. But uh, what we have here today is uh, Tim Richards is here, and I just thought it'd be interesting for the crew out there to hear what we're doing with equipment and why we're doing what we're doing and why we did what we did because we've we've had some changes. Um, but before I get into that, uh, we're going to have some shout-outs, I hope. Uh, we've got the prices right which is the, the price of the long stick for the Cat 349. And if you guessed also the length and got that right, you get to double your win. Wow. Uh, some announcements. And uh, no winning bids last week. We didn't pick up any work last week, but we're, uh, we, we got a busy week this week and next week on a number of projects. So uh, January is a busy, busy week here on the bidding front. So with that said, Tim, we're just going to go right into the equipment piece and – Okay. And talk about where we were when, if we go back 10 years, we probably rented 35% of our equipment and owned 65 or 70%, right? I would say that's accurate, Herb. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that recession, it's hard. It's, it's kind of strange that, that recession that we experienced, we kept our equipment a fair amount longer because at that time the used equipment market was not very strong. And so through 2011, 12, 13, whatever, we kept our equipment a little bit longer than we normally had. We normally trade a hoe at, say, 7,000 hours, and we kept them for eight or nine because we, w- we wanted to wait till the market came back. And then, and then it did came back, come back. Yeah. But when, it, when we did get rid of most of that equipment, we didn't go right into buying a whole new fleet. No, we, uh, we had downsized there a little bit, and we, we relied on the rental, the rental part of it to it, rent as we needed. 
And I know Tim's philosophy, Tim Folster's philosophy around that was uh, the rental rates had, in terms of comparing it to the purchase of a piece of, of equipment, the rental rates were lower percentage-wise than they had been. That's correct. Also, we had a lot of question marks in 13, 14. What's our workload going to look like? So we, uh, where we had, we owned at one point in time 10 or 12 off-road haul trucks. Uh, through that period, 13, 14, we, we sold all those off. Correct. And we, we tried to focus on those types of equipment that we know we're going to need year by year. Yes. And so we relied primarily on rental because we didn't know what kind of work we're going to have. We didn't know if it was going to be, you know, street reconstruction work or wind farm work from one year to the next. Right. And And the the rental market had a, had a vast quantity of machine to choose from too at that time. Right. Yeah. It was a pretty robust market out there. All the dealers had plenty of inventory around. Correct. So it was really just a phone call. Hey, I need a 325 size machine. And or a loader or whatever, even haul trucks were. Yep. And that was the same Mid Atlantic through New England. Yeah. So I know we had a, a ton of rented equipment over the, over let's say, 16, 17, 18. And more recently, we've kind of changed our, our approach on what we own versus what we sell. And I know, I know you and I and Tasha and Eric have worked together to put together a list mm-hmm. of equipment to buy. Right. And what's driving that primarily? Right now, it's it, a big part of it is the rental market. Uh, the, the machines aren't there to rent. So we have to be ready to get to work this spring, and we need the machines. So, so it's kind of the same as when you drive by the Chevy dealer or the Ford dealer, and there's nothing there to buy. Nothing. Right. Uh, it's not quite as bad, I don't think, at the equipment dealers, but it's... It's not good. Not good. And so to get orders in now and, you know, get our name on it and so forth, that's what we got to do so we can keep going. So we, we can't just run out and buy everything we need. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, I mean, that would... <clears throat> it would cost us $25 million probably yes, to probably. go buy everything we need at once. Right. And it wouldn't be a good move right. on our part to yeah because it would all be due to be replaced again at the same time so yep starting i'd say in 2020 we began to build up our fleet a little bit more yes we bolstered up the uh, doza fleet which i mean we went down to actually owning maybe one bulldozer the last number of years and now we're starting to build that back up one bulldozer. Yeah. I bet I bet nobody would have guessed that we had. We were down to one bulldozer. Right. And that was in the Mid-Atlantic, I believe. So. Yeah. And everything else was rented. Right. So, you know, you take this year here, we're going to add two more dozers. and Well, actually, we've added three bulldozers. Yeah. For 2022. Yeah. So. And that's after adding some last year. Exactly. exactly. So we're trying to get those because we're afraid that if we get the work and we need to get one, we won't be able to rent it. Exactly. Yep. So we've tried to be, we've tried to plan ahead on what we're going to need. And we've kind of tried to go through the sweet spot of pieces of equipment. So if we talk excavators, um, what have we done on excavators? We've, we've done some purchases and then we've done some rent purchase options. Correct. 
So what have we done for purchases on excavators? Uh, most recent, uh, picked up a 336 cat down in the mid-Atlantic. Uh, that was a replacement. That's going to replace the one that we had down there. And we actually have taken delivery on that before the end of the year. Yep. And then this year, uh, we're going to take a delivery on a 336 cat up here in Maine. And that basically will be a replacement as well. That will probably be the, we'll call it the replacement for the Frankenhoe. Yep. It's down in the Portland. And then we've uh, committed to RPO rental purchase option on three, uh, two 336 up here in New England as well. So that's raised our fleet considerably. Right so there what's that. a rental purchase option entail? So a rental purchase is we rent the machine. Or we have a set price uh, met with the dealer to purchase that machine at the end of the rental period. If we choose to, we can purchase it at that price minus uh, any of the rent that we've paid into it. And sometimes okay. it's 100%. Some dealers do that. Some are, you know, 80%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different depending on who we're dealing with. Correct. But the idea is we make a commitment up front of about six months. Right, exactly. Yep. And then we can, we have the option to purchase it or turn it back in after. Right. Yep. We've done that quite a few times. We actually, one of the doses we're picking up right now, the D6N, We've had on rent for better, more than a year. We're going to buy it. Is, is that one in the Mid-Atlantic also? No, that's up here in the That's Atlantic. up here? Yep. Okay. Yep. And I know last year we picked up, uh, I guess the year before last, we picked up a D5 up here. Correct. Yep. And we picked one up in the Mid-Atlantic I thought last we did, year. yeah. Yep. So, so we're slowly trying to add back into that fleet. So we've got a number of owned pieces of equipment. Correct. And... Then we'll know they're available to us. Right. Um, and a, a disclaimer on that, Herb, a little disclaimer is the D5 is actually a D6N. Right. So. <laughs> right. They, so people understand. They downgraded <laughs> all the numbers. What used to be a D6N is now a D5. Right. What used to be a D5 is now a D4. Correct. And somewhere along the line, they they now make a D1. The D1, yep. <laughs> when I finally saw one, I had to take a picture of myself with it. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> who, who would have ever dreamt they'd, you know, name a D3, a D1? Anyways, so we got some pieces on RPO, rental right. purchase option. Right. Can, uh, from an excavator standpoint, can you tell us what we got? Uh, okay, those, those two there, th- two 336s on RPO, and then we've committed to two 250 link belts on RPO as well from heavy machines up here in New England. Uh, we are going to purchase a 300 uh, link belt, we've committed to that, and as well, we're going to purchase two 250 uh, link belt excavators uh, for this spring. So that's five new excavators Correct. that we're buying. Correct. Yes, and three or four more on. Well, rip- and then we got a. Uh, we've actually uh, committed to a 130 link belt, kind of a specialty deal for us. We'll have uh, rubber uh, tracks, and we're going to put a. Uh, the uh, the Incon, Incon on rotator the, that will be rigged up that way. So that's probably five or six machines right there. Yep. Not counting the RPO machines. So I know we bought a three fifteen down in Virginia. I think it was last year, right? Correct. And we set that up with the Incon yep. rotator, uh, and that was our thinking was to set that up. So that just eliminates so much more labor work when we're doing liner tie-ins and that sort of thing. Correct. And I know we've run it a few pieces over the past year. We have a 320. 
that we rented that has that Encon rotator. And then I think we've rented a couple link belts that have similar type. Uh, we've run into a Volvo with it. Before. Okay. Yeah. And we own, we put in actually steel wrist herb. Steel wrist is the rotator. Yeah. And we've put that on uh, the new M322 that we got this spring that we purchased. So oh, that's that, right. Yeah. That was an addition this spring. So the rubber so, tire machine that we. Right. We bought the uh, the steel wrist, you said, not Engon. Right. And that rubber tire is a perfect example of, uh, we haven't had a rubber tire excavator for years. And we went out and bought this one. frankly, I didn't really believe in them that much. <laughs> but we had some work that we needed to get around, right. like this uh, West Gardner project. We need to get around, and, and probably the same thing down at the York Toll Plaza. But, yep. you know, I, I guess I can be convinced. That the <laughs> well, typically every year we we had one on rent for right. a good, good majority of the year. Right. So, yep. And then we, so buying it, we can get them set up exactly the way we want. And the same with the rent purchase option. Yes. Versus exactly. if we just go rent a machine from Cat, we get whatever they got for buckets on it. We don't yep. get our Wimmer setups. Right. And sometimes they won't have hammer hydraulics or things like that. So by either buying or getting rent purchase option, we can get them set up the way we want. So yep. if we want to put the hydraulic uh, the hydraulic sheet pile of driver on right. one, we can do that. Right. Uh, hammers. Grapple. 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 Yep. yep. Okay, dozer-wise, what are we picking up this year? Uh, down the Mid-Atlantic, we'll pick up a new D5. Uh, that will be later this spring uh, before it arrives to the dealer, as well as one up here in New England. Same same uh, timeline, probably not until early spring before we see it. Yeah. And then, as I said, we just picked up a D6N LGP that we'd had on rent uh, most recent. So that was kind of a strategic thing to, to pick it up. Not that we really had to buy the machine, but we kind of looked ahead. You kind of looked ahead, and I don't want to take credit for this. You looked ahead and said, we may not be able to rent these, so we've had this on rent. Let's go ahead and buy it so we know we've got it. Right, exactly. So Tasha's been good. She's been very good. She's been good. You know, know, we talk about her like she's tough on us, and she can be, but um, she's really good when she knows that we need something. You know, all we got to do is make the case yep. and she's right there and, and she knows the folks out there in the field need what they need. Yeah. She's, and she guards her cash pretty closely, but <laughs> cash is king. It is. <laughs> but as a equipment department manager, it's uh, awesome to have Tasha in that seat because she has been very, very uh, willing is like you said, though, we have to prove that the, the need for it, but she's willing so we prove it. So a lot of us don't have some of the history that you have with the company back in, say, the early 2000s to go get a fleet of equipment, a small fleet of equipment of a couple dozers, five excavators. There's a loader or something in there, too, I think. Right. Yes. To, to say, we want to buy this. What, was, what kind of process was that versus just making your case here? It was uh, agonizing, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it almost non-existent herb. Yeah, I mean, we were we were just a side piece that 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 wasn't their interest was the equipment. Yeah, so when you did, say we were a side piece, HE Sergeant at that time right. was a side piece to that much bigger Frucon, correct? Bill Fingerberger Worldwide right. Company. Yeah, and their expended expenditure on equipment for us was not at the top of their list. So, well, we, I remember when we were we suffered when we were buying the company. I came to see you, and there's a Cat 345 parked out back. And we had two or three rented somewhere, 
And I remember asking you, how come we got this here when we got them on rent? Yeah. And you said, the problem is this won't run a day. And that machine, I don't think, was four years old. No. No. It was it was young. And and you said you think that's bad, Herb. <laughs> There's a twin to it over in Brewer. Right. Two machines you own that they wouldn't let you put money in to keep it running. Right. Yep. So mm. we're 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 approaching things much differently now. Oh, yeah. It's it's been a a breath of fresh air. So I've said that all along. Yeah, trying to get uh, good equipment under good people, and hopefully we keep it in good condition. Right. Because that that all adds back in when we go to trade. Oh, absolutely. If a machine is really, you know, really sharp looking and it hasn't been beat up, I, I don't mean to say that it, it can't show that it's been working. Right. But a machine that's really clean versus something that's been beat all to hell, when we go to trade, we probably get, 20% more for it? I would say so. I mean, it's just the name itself. I mean, it rolls into a yard and people say that's Sergeant. They know that it's marketable for them. Right. To other people. So, and we're gaining that reputation on the auction end of it too with Ritchie Brothers. Yeah. I mean, over the United States, people know that our stuff is in very, very good shape. If we take the six to one uh, value of let's say a, a cat 325 that we buy by the time we get ready to trade it in it's probably worth 50 75,000 75 yep 75 yep so if we get 20% more that's $15,000 more correct times 6 is $90,000 yep that is goes on to the value of the company yep which Not helps the stock price but the value of the company which helps the stock price sure yeah i mean all those little things every chain we save, every little piece we save, yep. every thing we don't back into. Everything right. we don't have to repaint in the winter. Right. I mean, that that's costly when we have to bring it in and Kenny and the crew have to paint a counterweight. It's, uh, that, it takes time. And it's, in it's some cost. places, we get into places that it's hard. But there's some things we do that I've seen, and I know you've seen, mm-hmm. that aren't really hard. And we were just talking about it down back here a little bit earlier. When we bring a skid steer in in the wintertime and we pull the seat head and it's got 12 Mountain Dew bottles in in the right. back of it, that really shows, to me, shows kind of a lack of respect for everybody else. Correct. And really kind of a just apathy about value, apathy about the stock price, apathy about what positive you can bring versus, right. you know, letting things go. So just to get that message out there that, um, you know, let's let's keep the equipment good. We're trying to really get good equipment uh, under people. So let's keep it that way. Yeah, respect it and, you know, take care of it and clean it out at the end of the day. I mean, we've had some things go back to the dealers on rent that are, frankly, a little embarrassing. That yeah, they they're kind to, of like, really, guys? Yeah, exactly. And they, they know it's not our standard and it's not the typical, but. I do get those emails. But it, it does take attention by everybody. Right. Exactly. So I, I know, I guess we'll wrap it up here pretty quick, but I know we ordered a dump truck or two. Yeah, we got one uh, triaxle Mac on order. We had to order that in the summer. Uh, we probably will not see that delivered until next summer. So we ordered that, I believe, in August. Right. And we won't see it until July, hopefully July of this year. I know one point in time the estimate was like August to December. Right, it was it was a moving target. Now they've narrowed it down some, some for us. 
So, I mean, at that time, this is probably two or three months ago when you gave us that info, it was like 15 months right. to order a new Mack truck. If you need time, yep. So, and so we, we're having to plan ahead in a way that, you know, frankly, we haven't in the past. Much more accelerated than ever before. Okay. And it's and it's required us to lay down some cash for equipment. Yep. But we are a construction company. We are an earthwork company. Yes, we are. We got to make the make the earth move, right? And so I'm good with that. And I, I, I want to. While you're right here, Tim, just thank you for everything you do. I mean, I, I, really not jokingly call you Mr. Richards, <laughs> but. The reason I do is because I want to be extra nice to you because our ops guys need equipment, but not just, not just you, your whole team back there, the way they support. And, and I'm talking about, you know, your admin folks, the transportation folks, the shop, the field, the folks in the welding department, the small tools, the parts, uh, the whole thing down there. Just, I know that like here in the office, you guys will go through a brick wall to get whatever they need yeah. in the field. And sometimes it's it's less notice than you wish it was, I know. But we, I also know you guys make it happen. Yeah, we appreciate that, Herb. We know. We know that we're we're appreciated. I mean it's uh we're there to support. We're there to keep these guys out in the field, you know, digging dirt and yep. making the money. And I know you guys have got training. Can you just talk a couple minutes about what you got for training going uh, on this week? This week, our maintenance department, this is a typical week for us to tie up and do training. We've got some uh, rigor training going on actually today. Uh, tomorrow will be some different uh, safety, mostly safety training, walkout, tagout, so forth like that. <clears throat> some administrative things for us. Uh, we use Equipment 360 uh, to track all of our repairs and so forth and time carding and things like that. So we'll do some training on that. We got some first aid training. Uh, we got cutting and acetylene use and things like that all week long. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff that some of it's new, some of it we have to do every year, Correct. but it's just keeping everybody. It's honing the craft, as we say, right. One of our core values is to hone the craft and do the right thing and invest in people. We try to keep our crew up to, up to standards with all of that, you know, I'm sure and everything. Well, it shows. Yep. Thank you. So we're going to move on to another section of the podcast, Tim. I want to thank you for being on with us and, and taking the time. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I just be safe. Uh, stay warm in this weather. Stay you guys warm. appreciate all you guys do on the field uh, in this type of weather. It's easy for me to sit in an office all day, and you guys are out there making it happen. So I, I we all appreciate that very much. Absolutely. Okay. Thank Thanks, you, Tim. Herb. Yep. All right, always glad to have Mr. Richards in spacious podcast studio A, but just like that, he's gone. He moves in and out like a ghost. As promised uh, this week, we're not going to have a safety topic, uh, which I always appreciate. Instead, we're going to have a historical topic. And when we sent out the, the survey last week that many of you have not responded to that I know will now, when we sent out that survey, we got a few comments that uh, requested a historical element to the podcast. So what I've done is I've gone out and I've drummed up the journal, the 1957 journal of Herbert E. Sargent. And uh, it starts in January 1st, 1957. And this is one of the huge treasures that we have uh, that 
both Herb, my my grandfather, and my dad did a great job, Jim, uh, keeping journals and and they're not long on details, but just kind of give a, a flavor of what's gone on and and the uh, the book that was written, Moving the Earth, uh, about Herb Sargent was largely crafted from the journals that he had for decades. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read some some. Uh, uh, convey some information. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to con- convey some information to you from his 1957 journal starting January 1st. Uh, Amber and I had as guests at the Orinoca, Marvia, Anita, Ralph, Ricky, Jerry, Bob, and Dot Churchill and Susie Leonard. So one thing about, uh, you may not know about my grandfather is his, his wife, my grandmother was very ill um, and suffered from Parkinson's disease for many years to the point where when I knew her, uh, he literally had to carry her from the house out into the car, from the car into the restaurant. And that's what he did for, for many decades until she passed away in the early 80s. Uh, but uh, they uh, on January or New Year's Day, they uh, went to the Orinoco, which was a restaurant in Orono. And then uh, at the end of the day, Herb and Amber left for Mexico. Not the Mexico you're thinking about to go get some sunlight and suntan and beaches. They went to Mexico, Maine and got there early in the evening because he had jobs going in both Mexico and Rangeley. So on January 2nd, uh, he told uh, Walt Parity, uh, the superintendent at the time, who ended up working for the company for better than 60 years, he told him to shut down the work as soon as possible, a couple weeks, he thought. And then that evening, he went to YMCA program committee meeting. He was very, uh, very community-minded. Next day, he went to the Kiwanis Club meeting. Uh, and then uh, the day after that, January 4th, he and Ralph Leonard went back to Rangeley in Mexico. And uh, he says things are going better. Moved over three Euclid scrapers for about one week. And it strikes me as odd that in on January 4th, you'd move three scrapers on a job uh, for one week. And it, it's quite a job to mobilize those machines. But... Uh, January 6th, uh, Sunday, he said uh, James home, that would be my dad, and worked on his car most of the weekend, went down and helped him for a few hours. Uh, January 9th, Amber and I start early for Rangeley, Mexico. So for the third time now, in, uh, in just over a week, he's he's headed back to Rangeley in Mexico. Uh, January 12th, picked up a new Cadillac at Beacon. Now, this is a different time. Uh, back in these days, the photos I have of Herb, he always had a sport coat and a and a tie, and a and a fedora, a hat, and um, almost all these contractors, all of them drove uh, Cadillacs, uh, unlike now when everybody drives a pickup or whatever. January fourteenth, we thought it was cold today. It was eight below today here. Uh, he said very cold, twenty or twenty five below. Uh, he went to breakfast. Uh, Spent the rest of the day in the office. Uh, temperature didn't get above zero all day. January 16th, Amber, Ralph, and I off to Rangeley, Mexico again. Uh, so now for the fourth time, snowed all day, he says, although we worked gravel in, in Rangeley until 3.30. Started excavation at noon and worked through the p.m., not getting much, much production. Went over to Rumford last thing. Hard driving and heavy storm, large light flakes. So, again, they're not driving in a four-wheel drive vehicle. Uh, those are few and far between back in those days. 
They were driving a Cadillac. Uh, January 17th, on a Thursday, decided to work one week, if weather permits, on gravel and then shut down in Mexico and started scrapers over from Rangeley. So they're driving the scrapers over the road from, uh, from Mexico to Rangeley. On January 18th, went over the building, the garage, with Mel Hardy and Dick Cousins, PM. So this is the shop that exists in Stillwater now. Uh, the building at the time was considered to be a 120-foot by 80-foot building. And he says here $43,600 for the building, complete, except heat, sewer, water, and lights. So I guess that was the shell and the foundation and the slab. $43,600 for the shop at that time. Moving along now to January 22nd, apparently it warmed up. Amber and I went up to Rangeley in Mexico again, placing gravel at Mexico with scrapers. So I'm going to say that again, placing gravel at Mexico with scrapers. Started crusher. Some doubt whether we'll finish the gravel this week. Shortly after that, they uh, headed by vehicle to Chicago at what, what was then known as the, the road show, now is known as Con Expo. And they hit the road uh, late January, arriving in February. And that we've just gone through a month of Herb's life in January of 1957. Uh, hard scrabble times to be sure, uh, trying to run scrapers in January in, in 20, 25 below zero weather. Um, glad we're not trying to do that today. Glad we have the tools we have and and Mr. Richards takes care of them the way he does. So that's our historic topic. We're going to do this every couple weeks. Uh, we're going to move on now to shout-outs. And I only have four this week. So you, don't be so stingy with these shout-outs, please. James McCarthy has a slightly overdue shout-out to the York Demo crew, Sean Powell, Curtis Bro, Corey Buck, Rob Kerr, Mike Beatty, Derek True, Benny Gilbert, Benny Woodard, Jr., Zach Pinkham, Cody Willette, Zeke Lyons, Tyler Tobin, Sam DeFilippo, Sean Nicholson, Al McCreevy, Stuart Daniels, Nicole McKenna, and Jason Diddy. On a job well done during the first two phases of the project, all the hard work has put us in a good position for a good early spring start. Thanks, that crew, for that excellent job down there. I know the Turnpike's very happy. Tim LePage, huge thanks go out to Keith Edgecombe, Dave Scott, and William Fitch. Received a call that a sewer service had a blockage at our Perry project Friday afternoon. They quickly rooted an excavator from a nearby project and went in Saturday morning to repair the break. Thanks for all you guys do. Uh, you know, we get these calls. Uh, we just got one last night, uh, in fact. But we get these calls, and, and it's, you know, kind of some people have to drop everything to, and make those things happen, so appreciate that. Justin Porter, shout out to Mid-Atlantic estimator Aaron Tidd who manages our resources with the respect they deserve. Lots of projects on the bid calendar, and he spends whatever time it takes to have a thorough understanding of the plans to put together the best price for our employee owners. Thanks for all your efforts, and I can attest to that. Aaron does a, an outstanding job down there on those bids in Mid-Atlantic, um, and he's got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Tim Cole, shout out to all the Mid-Atlantic foremen who spent six hours in bad weather D.C. traffic normal hour-and-a-half drive on a good day, and for the ones who had to backtrack through bad weather traffic to catch all their delayed flights at different airports so they could make the foreman training in Maine. Very proud of the dedication of the company. Thank you for that, all those foremen, from Tim Cole. 
Great work. I'm going to give those guys a hand. What do you think? And that takes us to The Price is Right. You may recall, The Price is Right this week is the cost of a long stick boom. Long stick boom on the 349. And we also said we would double it if you also got the reach correct on it. We don't have to worry about doubling it. Because the person who is closest on the price was double what the actual reach is. So we don't have to worry about doubling the, the gift to him. So we had uh, guesses all the way. Tyler Waterfield guessed $2,345. $2,345. The highest was Jeff Costello at $123,000. The actual cost... Well, Brent Williams was $82,000 and 62 feet on the reach. And both of those are very close, but both are over. So the winner, $74,561.22 is Alex Hardy. The actual cost, $79,408. However, Alex guessed 112 feet reach from the center of the machine. The actual reach of the machine is 68 feet, 10 inches. So unfortunately, uh, Alex doesn't get the double, but what I'm going to do, there was an individual that guessed 65 feet for the reach. There was 64. One was at 69 feet. Matt Mills was at 69 feet. He was two inches too much. Uh, The closest without going over, though, was Trevor Gardner at 65 feet. So we're going to give both of those guys a $50 gift certificate to the company store, a credit card, or one weekend at the Stucco Lodge in Beasy. And that takes us to announcements, and I'm I'm pretty light on announcements too this week, Uh, but I do have one. You're going to get an email this week with your pay stub, and it's very important that you read every piece of information included there. We, we'd like to think you read them every week, uh, but you're going to get information about your W-2 and, and, and taxes. So very important that you read uh, the email attachment with your, with your pay stub this week. And with that, we're going to wrap it up here, all alone here in Spacious Podcast Studio A. It's much more spacious now. I'm going to leave you. Hope you have a great week. Keep it safe. Keep it warm. Zero accidents.